Hello and welcome to this week's Inside OSU podcast. I'm Julia Benbrook. The legendary Preservation Hall Jazz Band is bringing the sounds of New Orleans to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and they had the McKnight Center audience dancing in the aisles by the end of the night. The world-renowned musical group performed at the Grammy Awards on Sunday and then on our stage that next Thursday. I had the chance to talk with Ben Jaffe, who serves as the creative director of the Preservation Hall and plays both the tuba and double bass. Here's my interview with Ben Jaffe on this week's Inside OSU podcast. We were actually invited to perform on the Grammys just a week before the, uh, the taping. Three luminaries from New Orleans, musical luminaries, passed away this, this year. Uh, Dr. John and Art Neville from the Neville Brothers and the Meters and Dave Bartholomew, who co-wrote most of uh, Fats Domino's hits and was his band leader, passed away. And, you know, we're, we're all family in New Orleans, so we, we were asked by the producer of the Grammys to uh, pay tribute to those three. It was, you know, quite a, quite an experience for us. And of course, with the sudden and unexpected, you know, passing of Kobe Bryant, it made the uh, the moment even more profound. And I noticed number twenty four here on your tuba. Did yeah. that have? That actually, you know, we were we were actually we were in Los Angeles for four days, two days of rehearsals and blocking. As we were arriving that morning at about 10 o'clock, 10.30 in the morning, as we were walking up to the security uh, entrance, we were, we were told about this uh, tragedy, and we were all in shock. This was the same entrance that, that the, the Lakers, all the teams used that we were going through, and we were walking through the same tunnels, and you know, our, our dressing room was, was in, um, you know, in one of the, uh, the locker rooms for the team. So, it was a, uh, it was, uh, it was very heavy for us. So I, uh, I, you know, we were talking in the band about just what we should do because it was so heavy of a, of a, an emotion, and we just had the idea to, you know, tape up my horn and sort of in the New Orleans fashion. That was our way of, of honoring and paying tribute to someone that been part of our lives. So whether you follow basketball or not, he's he's a larger than life person. Yeah, and it was great. Our 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 performance really cut through all of that that heaviness and in, in, in that in, in the way that we use music to celebrate life in New Orleans. It was really powerful. Let's talk a little bit about the history of Preservation Hall. I know it runs in the family. Yes. And so your parents back in about the 1960s on their honeymoon were inspired to be a part of all this. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. My dad was a, a musician. He was a tuba player and they were both from Philadelphia. My father had been stationed uh, outside of New Orleans where he did his basic training when he was in the Army in uh, 1960, 59 or 60. So when, once my parents got married, they, they went on sort of a vacation honeymoon and came down to New Orleans. They, they were j just walking around the French Quarter and it was uh, by, by just chance that they came upon a, a parade that was taking place in, in Jackson Square, which is the the central plaza in the, the French Quarter, the Vucure of the oldest part of it. A couple of the musicians made their way to this little art gallery after the parade, and that was when they uh, encountered this, this uh, group of, this collection of, of artists that had, had taken over this uh, building and turned it into a gallery, and were having these underground jam sessions there. You know, in the 1961, uh, 
we were still under you know under Jim Crow law, so there were you know they, this was all happening at a time of segregation, and uh, my parents you know very quickly became a part of this community, and you know within a week they were asked by the the gentleman who was sort of managing all of this if it was something they were interested in, in getting more involved in, and that's that was really the birth of the idea for Preservation Hall. Wow. So bringing people together from all sorts of backgrounds and all backgrounds. You know, people from all backgrounds, all beliefs, of all colors, and from all walks of life that were being brought together by this uh, incredible music. You know, these incredible like African-American pioneers of, of New Orleans jazz. And do you yeah. still feel like that happens today when you guys travel? Are, are you able to come together, bring different people from different... Absolutely. I mean, we, 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 see it our, we see it every day in New Orleans. We see the power of music to bring people together. And that's something that, that we celebrate when we go out of town is just the, that, that, that power of music. And, and we're reminded every time that we travel to a place for the first time, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the true power to, uh, to unite people in music. Yeah. And so I know you've traveled to many different venues. The McKnight Center is new for us, something we're very yes. proud of. What do you think so far? It's incredible. I mean, it's, you know, when you, when you visit a new venue like this, it energizes you and it inspires, you know, it, it, it reinforces your, your own belief in, in music and the arts. And uh, especially traveling to someplace like Stillwater, you know, we didn't really know what we were going to, to you know, to run into or what, what to expect here. It's our first time in Stillwater, I believe, in our first, you know, one of the first bands to perform here on this stage. And it's, you know, like I said, quite an honor, but also, uh, you know, inspiring to us too as musicians to play to a sold-out audience in a in a, a city that we've never that we've never visited before. You know, that that's really quite a distance from New Orleans. So. Uh, you know, that again just speaks to the to the power of music and the, the beauty of New Orleans and and uh, yeah, we're just here to, to and have a good time and celebrate and you know, celebrate life. Mm -hmm. And it's hard not to dance when you guys are warming up. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It's just so easy to tap your toes along too. Yeah, New Orleans music, that's one of the uh, the important aspects of New Orleans music that I I, I latched onto very early on and realized how important it was that uh, our music always touched that piece of our soul that, that makes us want to dance and rejoice and celebrate. That's, a, that's a, a key ingredient to New Orleans music. Do you remember a first moment that you knew you wanted to do this and be a part of it? I know you've been around it your whole life, but... <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, when you grew up the way that, that most of us in, in the Preservation Hall Band grew up, related to musicians, either, you know, our parents played music. I mean, in our band alone, I mean, three of, well, four of us grew up with, with parents that played music. So you, you have music, you're actually experiencing music in the womb. It's something that happens every day. You know, even today, music is some, is live music is something that, 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 that you hear every day. If you live in certain parts of New Orleans, you know, we, it's hard for us even to imagine a city where there isn't live music every day, you know, and, and it's taken us a, uh, it really took something like Hurricane Katrina when we were sort of uh, dispersed all over the world to start visiting cities where there wasn't music every day. And it was the, it was the silence that we realized, you know, gave us the, uh, gave us this sort of, this feeling of, 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 of yearning to get back home to New Orleans where, where we could, you know, get that music back, 
going again. In addition to your work as a musician, I know that you've done a lot for hurricane relief, especially after Katrina. After Katrina, um, very interestingly, I, uh, I received uh, my very first text message the day after Katrina. I, I stayed in New Orleans for the storm and I received a text message from a, a friend of mine and he you know, said that, hey man, we're, we're in Shreveport, I got my family, I, you know, we left town without any of our instruments and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I realized sort of in a moment how important it was going to be to get these musicians who had lost everything back on their feet again, you know, that there was, good, that there was this little window, this moment where, where we had this opportunity to, to just take this attention, the spotlight that was being broadcast on us and, and, and use that moment to rebuild the city. And I started the, uh, the New Orleans Hurricane Relief Fund, Musicians Hurricane Relief Fund, and we, um, we, we replaced over 3,500 musicians with instruments and, and relief wow. and medical care and assistance to get back, you know, financial assistance to get back to New Orleans. And uh, some, one of my proudest moments, and that eventually became the, the Preservation Hall Foundation, which today does education in schools, provides edu educate, music education in schools that don't have music programs. We supply instruments to schools and musicians. We do workshops like we did today to uh, student groups. It's, a, it's one of the most uh, beautiful aspects of, of what we do is, is to give back the way that we were, were blessed to have been taken under the wings of older musicians when we were growing up and given this beautiful gift of music. So if you had one message to our students here at Oklahoma State, and I know you were able to share it with a few yeah. of them here, but anyone watching, what would that be? Life is, is, is short and it's brief, and uh, we're, we're so blessed to have these incredible teachers in our lives. We don't even know who, sometimes who these teachers are or where the message is gonna come from. Sometimes they come from our parents, sometimes they come from our friends, sometimes it comes from teachers. Uh, but it's, it's, it's taking those, those those little bits of information, those little bits of knowledge, and taking it and letting it, allowing it to become part of you, and then going through life and sharing that that joy and kindness that 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 music that's so important to music. So for all of us, it was all of our first trips trip to Cuba. Mm -hmm. You know, even for Charlie Gabriel, who's 87 years old, it was his first trip to Cuba, and we all knew the connection between Cuba and New Orleans. That it was there was a direct familial connection. Um, and the, uh, a Yoruban connection from Africa that connected us rhythmically. So when we went there, we, we really felt like we were meeting, you know, long lost relatives, you know, musical relatives and just, you know, DNA, the DNA is, is there. You know, or they like to say, well, the DNA, the Cuban DNA is in New Orleans. And we like gotcha. to think that the New Orleans Kia <laughs> DNA is in Cuba. So, uh, yeah, it's been part of our, our own journey and evolution as a band to explore the evolution of New Orleans music and to just keep going deeper and deeper into our history. And then what does life look like as a professional musician? As you guys are, you're performing in New Orleans, you're on the road. Yeah. How crazy is it? It's, uh, it's, it's. It's normal to us, you know, uh, but I know it's I know it's not a, a normal to 99% of the world. Um, you know, for us, we can't really imagine doing anything else. You know, the hardest part about it is uh, being being away from your family, and uh, you know, 
just the, 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 the day in, day out grind of being on the road, being in a different city every day, acclimating yourself to a new environment. Um, you know, it, it, when you see the smiles on people's faces and you see the, the effect of your music, you know, that, that, that all goes away. My favorite experience is, is uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's the, the camaraderie of, of the band members. It's uh, the, the getting to see younger musicians come into the band and, and replace the older musicians who, who pass on to see the continuation of, of this musical tradition. The tr our trombone player who's joining us tonight, Ravon, his, I, my, my first band when I was 14 years old was with his father. Uh, you know, so to see, to, to have gone from playing with his father to now playing with his son is, you know, is the same thing I did. There were, there were, there were members of this band who played with my father and played with me. So you, you get to see this, this beautiful continuity that, that is still very important in New Orleans. And to me, that, that, that's the beauty of this, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, you get to play, you get to hang out with you know, big time musicians and you get to, you know, be on TV and you get to do all this amazing, all these amazing things. The McKnight Center for the Performing Arts has an impressive lineup to look forward to. Next on the list is 1964, The Tribute. That's on Valentine's Day and the group will recreate an early 60s live Beatles concert. For a complete schedule and ticket options, you can go to the McKnightCenter.org. Thank you for listening to this week's Inside OSU podcast. I'm Julia Benbrook. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.